This is As of Late Podcast. I'm your boy Titus. What's good, world? This is E. And we're on episode 68. What's going on, my brother? Hey, man. You know, living, you know, out here just trying to be the best version of me. Um, just short work week, but, you know, just making it do what it do. A lot of crazy news and a lot of stuff going on, but what's good with you? Hey, man. We're taking it one day at a time on my end, man. You know, I'm, I'm out the way sticking with the family, bro. Um, my work week was pretty decent. It wasn't short, but it was good, man. It was good. The weather was my favorite type of weather, sun out, but with some hoodies. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know you I love know. a good hoodie every now and then. So. Yeah, you already know that's my favorite type of weather. It's weird because it was like when I know we came back from a uh, vacation, it was super hot where we was at. And then we come back here, it's wet, raining and wet. And now I'm like, this week is just weird. This week is just mm-hmm. full of so many different elements. It's, it's that good old North Carolina weather. Gotta love it, bro. A little bit of everything, like always here. Did you end up trying any of those uh, spots that I sent you in Savannah, That like the food spot? I didn't get to try the one spot that you said. Vicks. Uh, yeah, Vicks. I didn't get to try that spot. We tried um, We tried a couple other little places. Like It was nothing that like sold me. We tried this one like black-owned restaurant. It was like soul food, but it was like, it was, it was all right. It was mediocre, man. Like, I wouldn't go back there. Well, oh, I was about to say, what was the name of it? Because I, I was curious in that. I was like, man, I wish I told, I wish I knew some good black spots to tell you about it, but I was like, the only spot I know that he probably would like is Vicks, because it has a little bit of everything. Right. But I guess not even shout out the black spot if you didn't like it. Nah, it was it was all right, man. We went to this one place. It was like a slider place. I think it was called like Sly's. They were okay, and then we went to, like, some place that I guess that was, like, downtown Savannah. It was kind of, like, uh, Mediterranean, like, health conscious. They was pretty good. But everywhere else we went, man, everybody had weird hours, and I don't know if it was because it's COVID or if it's because it's a small town. Because you look at, like, small towns like Harrisburg and stuff like that, they closed down, like, super early. So mm. it, it could have been a mixture of things. Like, I put it like this. It was only, like, the slide places, the sliders was pretty good. Um other place was all right, but it wasn't like nothing that like blew me away. It was like, oh man, I gotta try this food back and I come out down there. Mm, did you um did you find the Forrest Gump bench? We drove by that park and we was just like, Yeah, there's too many people out here. And like neither one of us are park people, but we did see it. We was like, Well, we glad we got to see it in the car. <laughs> <laughs> just a little drive by real quick. Yeah, just a little drive by. So we did see that park though. I mean, it was like it's a, it's a pretty cool town. Like like I said, it remind me of um Charleston a little bit. Yeah, and I like Charleston as well. But um, it's it's cool. Like I kind of want to go somewhere different if uh, we travel a little bit. Um, I hit up my man CJ. He's in uh, Portland now. Yeah, shout out to uh, CJ and congrats. He told me about the new gig you got out there. So, yeah, I told him. Me and him have been having like hilarious conversations. But I told him one of my goals is to try to come see him um before the end of this year. If you do that, I think I'll go with you because um, Portland's a nice city. And I told him that uh, I definitely need some Nikes on deck anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, told him, I told him about that, too, because me and him was talking because I think he said Adidas headquarters near him. I was like, yo. In, in Oregon, too? Yeah. I didn't know both of them were in Oregon. I didn't either. He sent me, like, where the Adidas headquarters, the Adidas headquarters closer to him to the Nike headquarters. Mm. Okay. I was like, yo, holler at Jerry, holler at Kanye, tell him I need a job. Like, I work for them. I know Kanye crazy, but I mean, <sighs> Kanye take care of his people. I'm I'm fine with Kanye being crazy now, man. I mean, like, I don't even think he's that crazy, bro. As He had that little splat, but I don't know. Where where you at with Kanye now, man? Um, uh, I'm, I'm still kind of falling back from him. 
I still miss the old Kanye. Like, you know how he had that one song, I miss the old Kanye. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think, too, we got to realize um, there's a couple things when I think about Kanye. I think about the world we live in, everybody processing differently, right? I think about the people you surround yourself in, around, can help you get better situation, or they can be really toxic. Yeah. I feel like um, also with Kanye, it's a thin line between genius and insanity because – I mean, he had to do something right. Like his albums, even his his uh, Jesus the King album didn't win a Grammy. Yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. It was best, best Christian album or something. So, like, that. like you got to think about it. So his music is universal. On top of that, you still got suburban kids loving Kanye. I mean, look, you see what's on my feet right now. I got on Yeezys right now. So yep, got him on. I did, didn't even intend to do that, but it's just like you know. And he he did a deal with Gap. So I was like, let me go buy some Gap stocks. Um. He about to help Derrick Rose come out with a uh, Adidas Rose or whatever, Easy Rose. So like, really? Look, yeah, he just announced that. I think that's this week. So he do right by his people. Um, I just think some of the stuff he say it's a little bit misguided and can be kind of um, taken out of context. Or like, I just look at it kind of how you say we all navigate this world differently. I think Kanye just navigate this world in the way that he navigated. And, I mean, like I always say all the time, I don't think he had that time to process his mom passing. Mm-hmm. That's, I think that's a whole other issue. I mean, he no longer with the uh, Kim. I see how he tried to call him out about being white supremacist, which is interesting. Uh, I don't know if you heard about that. He was tweeting about that. About was, Kim Kardashian he was being calling, a white supremacist? Called the whole Kardashian clan calling them suprem- white supremacists. Well, how recent was this? This was very recent. I have to find it. Like in the midst of the divorce and stuff? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so it's like, it's one of them things like, are, are you being bitter or are you just saying it? But um, but nah, man, you know, at the end of the day, I like seeing, like I told you, I don't like white supremacy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really like Ray J, but I mean, he a black man out here trying to do Raycons and all that other stuff that he's doing. So I like seeing a black man be successful because- it's so hard. And Kanye, three of Kanye albums got me through most of my life. So That's a fact. That's a fact. Like, And hell, even my Dark Twisted uh, Fantasy, I love that album too. So it's like, and like I said, I got on Yeezys right now. And they still, to me, like I know we had Verbal uh, Van Gogh on here. And he was like, hey, all right. To me, Yeezys are probably the most, one of the most comfortable shoes I own in my whole collection. I tell you that all the time. Yeah, I was going to say that um – when you were saying you didn't intentionally mean to put them on, I was like, you probably put them on because you were, like you said, you were trying to get here, and then your mindset was comfort. Yep. And so the first thing that came to your mind, comfort, yep. easy, put them on, keep it moving. That was that was it. Cause I I had something else playing, but I was like, I had to lace them up when I listened to that, and I looked at them like that right there, that comfortable. I could slide them on, and I could get out the house, and like. You're right. Like, they like my go-to. They like my slides. Mm. Like, I have slides near the door if I got to take out the trash or do something like that. But, like, the easiest near the door because I can throw them on. I know if I need to be on my feet for a long time. I know if I want to really walk, I can beat them up. I got a couple pairs. Like, these are the uh, way to go. And I think he he showed a lot of different artists out here, too, about having creative control in your product creative control and whatever you're working on because he was doing everything for Nike, but he left Nike because he didn't like how Nike was moving. Mm-hmm. Granted, Nike have done a lot of things in the past that got me looking at them sideways. And granted, I still buy Nike. It's one of my favorite brands. But Kanye showed you you could be your own entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneur and have entrepreneurship and own your brand and have creative control. 
You just have to be able to talk that talk and go to that brand that you feel like that's going to give you that, that give you that power to do that. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, and he realized this years ago, we have too much influence in the culture to not have bigger partnerships and bigger um, control. If we are going to partner with these companies, um, I, I, I would prefer, um, not not the word, not that word. I would compare Adidas' treatment to Yeezy as as Nike treated them like a penny to a daggone dollar. Yeah, because like they understood that this guy, even though he is um, just getting into this avenue, that he still is an artist and has many good ideas, and and to work with him, and then if we work with him with the people that we have, we can make something great. And they did that. And so you gotta you gotta give these people a chance. You gotta give these artists a chance. Because you're stealing from the culture regardless anyway. So you might as well let us get a piece of the pie. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you look at it, there's a reason why Jerry went over there by fear of God. Yeah, it's it's a little pricey, but, like, people buy fear of God. A lot then, of people buy fear of God. And now he's over on Adidas. There's a reason why he's doing that. I'm, and I think it's a reason why you see that Nike is trying to kind of combat that by giving a certain people – their own brand. That's why uh, Drake got his own Nike brand now. Um, Travis Scott about to get his first Travis Scott Air Max One. So I don't know if that's going to be like a collab of like the original Air Max One. It's going to be like Travis Scott's own shoe line. But they had recently announced that because they see what other brands out here is doing. I mean, even Steph Curry said he had a meeting with Nike and they didn't even pronounce his name right. And then he wanted to put his – um. He wanted to put a scripture on a shoe. Nike said, nah. Mm. But he went to Under Armour. Under Armour was like, you know, the shoe ain't that pretty. But granted, they give him all freedom and all right to what he can do with his shoe. He has a a lot of control with Under Armour. And that's what it comes back down to at the end of the day is, excuse me, that's one of the reasons why another Under Armour person, that's one of the reasons I love The Rock. Because of The Rock learned a long time ago, I think, with dealing with McMahon and having to buy his name back, um, ownership, you know, because a lot of these, uh, like a lot of people fail to realize, a lot, a lot of these wrestlers, like the takers, and um, it's like masters with, with artists. Like Vince McMahon owns the right to a lot of these people, you know, literally their brand, their name, their brand. Like you know this, like I know this, and so I feel like him getting involved in that industry taught him the ups and downs of um, dealing with business as a whole. And so I admire people that, you know, don't. Of course, like, if they're throwing the money at you, man, like, hey, by all means, do what you got to do. Do what's best for your family. But it should always be a plan. Like, if I'm signing a Nike deal and maybe, yeah, they're giving me, like, not the control, like, uh, uh, Under Armour would, um, you know, I'm thinking in a sense of, like, well, this, I'm maybe signing this deal but it's going to open up avenues for me to do what I really want to do down the line. So it really comes down to what you want to do and how patient you want to be. You know, some people want that ownership quick and and want to get it from the ground up. And you may not get as much big commercial as a Nike, but you still own all your stuff as as opposed to do I take this Nike deal and I'm on billboards everywhere and more commercials and I'm in a Super Bowl commercial and all of that. But I'm not getting as much for my shoe as compared as like a Steph Curry. And then you look at people like um, not even just when we talk about athletes, but you look at other individuals in uh, media like Kev on stage. I think don't he own all Def Digital or Kev on stage? I know he owns like his own um, 
company. Uh, you see how he did that. Like, I think I was told that he had quit his job and basically started his own company. Mm. And you look at him now. I mean, you look at the Issa Rays. You look at uh, my man, I think, Mark Phillips from RCDC World. He just got a deal with HBO and Issa Rae. So it's like ownership is really, like you said, ownership is really important because even me, the more I get into like my own industry or the more I get into even the thing that we do with here, like I'm all about ownership. Wally told us best about that too. Mm -hmm. That like, you know, don't let nobody take control over something that you created. Like make sure you, because you do that, it's like you selling off your product. Like, you no longer have any um, say in it. I remember a couple of years back, I was talking to this one gentleman, and I had, like, an idea for, like, a web series. It was a great idea. I don't really want to say it on the air. Well, I mean, it's kind of past the time now, but it would have fit perfect. Definitely it's not past the time, but we would talk about it off air. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> but it would have fit perfect during kind of that time frame. And I was talking to the dude about it, and I was like, this and that, this and that, and then... I had broken down to him, and then he tried to hit me with the um, a word where I have to pay him, like, this amount of money to even do one episode. And I'm like, mm. okay. And then he was like, yeah, and if he's going to ha- hire some writers, and the only thing I will have is, like, I won't have creative control over it, but they'll put my name on there, like, as, like, um, like, like a EP produ- or something? Yeah, like. Oh, oh, hello. What you say again? Like an EP, like executive producer? Yeah. Well, like, I yeah. guess a producer because the EP, executive producers really are just, they 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 have their name on it and they help with the financing of it. Right. They have some ideas, but most EPs, when you see an EP um, as opposed from a producer that's really a part of the whole process, EPs really, that's, why, that's how Drake is an EP of like Euphoria. He stamped that idea and put money in the pot to keep that going. And they allow him to have some kind of degree of creative control. Right. You, in that sense, if you if you weren't putting no money in it, they would probably. Oh no! Make, I was, he still wanted me to put the money in it, so I probably oh, would have so yeah, been. You probably would have been. An but that would have been that because he that's even crazy though. But that's your thing though. Exactly, because he was like, nah. Because I initially wanted to focus on two characters. He was like, nah, we're gonna add more characters in here. I was like, but that's not what I want. And he was like, nah, I don't like this and that, this and that. And then I was just like, you know what? <clears throat> I walked away from that um, situation. Yeah. And um, to be honest with you, because I didn't agree with some of the other stuff he did in the past or whatever, but it was just like, you, I wanted to do this, and I felt like he was that guy. And fast forward, I was just like, nah. So it's like anything I do now, I make sure that it's around people that I want to be around. And I'm very careful, one, about any ideas that I tell anybody because mm-hmm. – like uh, my man <clears throat> Barry said, which um, congratulations to him. He's getting married today. Oh, but, yeah, that is true. Congrats to you, Barry. But like he said, you know, he had told his friend one of his ideas. His friend was like, that's a good idea. You don't know how many times in the past I done told friends some ideas, and they're like, that sounds stupid. Mm. Like, and so I always often think when people be like, it's, oh, that's a dumb idea. I'm like, it's not a dumb idea. It's just an idea that haven't been thought yet and haven't been, like, pushed. So because you never know. Like, if you ask me when I was, like, five, there's be a thing called a dog bars, like how we talked about. I'd be mm-hmm. like, that sounds stupid. Who would ever have thought that? But look at all these dog bars. Look at all these breweries. So, like, you never know. And you always, I feel like it's so many people in this world so populated. You're going to find something for somebody. Yeah. Cause, and, and then one thing pe- people fail to realize that you got to look at is that 
you may not get it because it's not your idea. Mm-hmm. Like, and so of course, and I had to get into that mind frame and, and not holding grudges for people. Um, because I had a bad, I would tell people these ideas and all that. Like I told people podcast stuff years ago, but just didn't, didn't have like a lot of the stuff that I stopped wasn't because of me just not getting out and doing it. Like I could have found a spot years ago, but the fact of it, it's, it's so powerful to have someone to believe in you. And, and, and then you get into like the mind is such a, a big thing where it could, it could build you to a mountain but if you allow depression and doubt to get into it, it will put you six feet under. Mm-hmm. And so a combination of that to where not believing in yourself and weeks gone by, procrastination, you'll look at it and be like, well, damn, maybe I don't got it. You, you got to really believe that stuff and, and be in the mind frame of like, you know what, Johnny may not believe in it because, you know what, that's not his idea. But that's my idea, and I believe it could work. You know how many artists, you, you talk to all, it's a reason why, you you ask these people, like, you listen to some of the, even rappers, like, a lot of them have the same kind of scenario if you listen to their lyrics. As, aside from, like, the whole, like, money and diamond and drug things, a lot of them be like, oh, I ain't had no bras, now I got bras. I had no money, now I got money. Everybody want to mess with me, now they messing with me. That happens to everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody's story, the only difference is that these guys believed enough in themselves to where they continued to be consistent and continued to work at it. It was a time nobody thought Drake was shit. Nobody wanted to sign him. Nobody believed in Michael B. Jordan for being a main person. He kept being consistent. Now he's uh, he going to go down as like my niece is like, buff version of Denzel if he keeps going the same route that he's going. Right. And so nobody <clears throat> believes it. And I had to realize that because I really took offense to that when I was younger. Like, man, man, fuck these people. What what do they know? But, but nobody's going to believe in you in the beginning, man. Everybody's – and I'm prepared for that. Like, I'm prepared for all of that because timing is everything. Right. You know, and so I'm at a stage now where nothing surprises me no more. I just got to stay in tunnel vision. That's what you got to do with any dream that anybody listening, whatever you got. Stay consistent at it, even if you got people to the left and right saying whatever they're going to say. You know, pay attention to your vision because, you know, at the end of the day, you will get there if you stay consistent. Absolutely. So I kind of want to talk about some other stuff that has happened in the news this week or some current events. Um, what do you think? Did you see the Space Jam 2 trailer? I haven't seen it yet. I was looking for it, and then I think I got sidetracked not to bring this back. I mean, not to bring this not to interrupt the Space Jam thing with negativity. I think I was looking it up, but then I saw the DMX thing. Yeah, and let's so, talk. We can talk about that first, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so with the whole DMX, um, it looked like he's in critical condition. I know it's like he's ho- hospitalized with drug overdose, and it, it sucks, man, because we just saw him a couple months on Versus, mm. and we were celebrating this man legacy, yeah. him and Snoop Dogg legacy. And to me, like I said, that was probably the best verse that I've seen. Like, that – and also the Gucci Man and um, <laughs> Gucci Man and uh, Young Jesus. Only that's because a, that was ignorant. Yeah, I, I still love that one. That's in my top five. They've done and and kudos to kudos to uh, Swiss and Timberland from making something out of nothing, from making nothing out of something with a pandemic going on, and now getting the proper sponsors to where versus is as big as it is now. And you saw they sold it too. Yeah, and, and just remember like how it started. Just some guys just. Bored at home, like how we all were. That just shows you if you got the right stuff, and then and then you have the right people believing in you. You know, don't pay attention to all like don't pay attention to the doubters. 
pay, pay attention to those people. Not necessarily, not yes, man. It's a difference. You'll know because you'll feel it in your soul that it's something that should be pressed out. But pay attention to those people like they did and was like, yo, you guys got something. Like, keep like keep doing this. So now, look, like like he just said, they sold that off to where now they're making big bucks. They got big sponsors with that. It all started from just a humbug, let's get together and just, you know, vibe off each other's tracks, and now it's become a major event. But, I'm yeah, I'm saddened by that DMX thing because that was in my top five. That's definitely my top five verses between, I, I could say, him and Snoop. In no particular order, I'm a big R&B guy. I like I like songwriters, so I think a lot of one one that people slept on was Jonte Austin against Neo, because it showed me the history of like Jonte Austin's pen. This is the guy who wrote a lot of Mariah Carey. He he wrote a lot of Usher stuff. He wrote Sweet Lady for Tyrese, and it showed me the pen game that Neo had. Because I always knew, like, Neo was the Red Cafe of R&B in the sense of, like, Red Cafe was a ghostwriter but never got to the level of, like, a fabulous because, you know, it's just levels to it. But he was always respected as a guy that wrote for other people before ghostwriting was, before the Drake thing. Like, people knew about it, just the whole Drake fiasco blew it up. But people been knowing, people been pinning other people's stuff. Right. And with Neo... Um, from Beyonce to his own records to Rihanna, you know, like I, it made me remember how good his pen was. So that was in my five. Um, I'm a big, um, even though it was short, I'm a big producer guy. And so I liked, um, I liked Hit Boy against uh, Boy Wonder, even though that was a slept on one because it had a lot of like hits on there. He was playing a lot of Nipsey stuff and a lot of Big Shines album before it came out. Um, what else, man? What else? Uh, Gucci and Jeezy, because I, <laughs> I grew up on both of them, right? And so it was both to see. It was good to see both of that, and it was about to go left, but I see how they kept it straight. And uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. What about you? What are some main ones that stuck out to you? Uh, I'm gonna say probably the <clears throat> probably the most uh, ones that like the, with the famous people. So of course, you know, Snoop Dogg and um, DMX, Young Jeezy and Gucci. Um, the I did watch the um Monica and Brandy one. That was that one was, was okay. I messed with that. I like that one. Um, shout out to Reggie. I watched. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who was it? Was it Jagged Edge and One Twelve? I think mm. it was it Jagged, it was Jagged Edge and One and One Twelve. Yeah, I think it was. But there, there was. I didn't know good. they did one. It was it was horrible audio though. Like the audio started messing up. Um, I didn't watch Nelly and Ludacris. Was it Nelly and Ludacris? I watched that one. Yeah, that was messing up in the beginning, but then it got it got good and towards the end. Um, yeah. Who else? Who else was on there that I'm trying to remember? Did you watch uh, Babyface and Teddy Riley? I started to watch that one because everybody was like, "Oh, you should watch it. You should watch it." Now I'm like, "I'm good." And then I I was watched it more for the memes. So I saw like the memes off of it. Um, so I didn't watch that one. Um, um, I actually missed the other one with. Uh, Ghostface Killer, and uh, that was a good one. I Rick watched, Kwan. but I know um, I'm probably gonna watch the Red Man versus Method Man coming up. That should be good. Um, I was gonna watch. Oh, actually, the Isley who is Isley versus Earth Wind and Fire. That's this week. Yeah, Steve Harvey puts a whole step. I think it's a day, ain't it? It might be. If it's not today, it's tomorrow. I mm-hmm. feel like it, that's more of one of them Sunday best type. It of may thing. be tomorrow during the afternoon. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I just like the whole thing because it brings these different 
artists that we grew up on and their legacy of their legacy or whatever. And we just celebrate them as like artists and like, I mean, and like, like you said, we was all in a pandemic. So it gave us something to do. Mm-hmm. It gave us something to look forward to. Is there, if you can say one verse battle that you would like to have, like from the artists, from your favorite artists or producers or uh, whoever, who would you have it? Like, if you could pick two artists. Hmm. If I could pick two artists, man, um, that's a good question. This is so many good battles that could happen. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I gotta, I gotta throw um, just off off the strength of stuff that they produced and the the um, the memories that they've been a part of. I wouldn't mind Dre against Puff. I feel like that would be a good one. Oh, that would be a good one. From all the stuff that they produce, executive produce, have putting their fingers in. He can do new stuff with um, stuff that he's been a part of. A lot of people don't know that Puff was a part of that victory lap process as well. Mm-hmm. Like That's why Nipsey got the push and um, the deal that he got because even though he wasn't looked at until he passed away as a legend, the legends in hip hop respected him, like like Puff, like Jay, like they were messing with him before, like he got to the level of how he is now. This this figure, and Puff was uh, in the studio with them a lot of that. Like he was messing with him because both of them guys, both of those guys, Puff and Jay, they stay out there in Cali now. They got many spots, of course, but like their main area is California now, Los Angeles. So they messed with him a lot. Um, but same with Dre. Dre's been from Kendrick to Anderson Pack, I'm just talking about newer people. He's touched so many people's um, music and so many people's lives. I would love to see um, Dre against somebody. Dre said he was going to do it, but something happened to where he, I think the, um, he, I, I can see Dre doing it now because of the sponsors of Apple and the sponsors of um, how big it has gotten. But the only reason Dre didn't do it beforehand is because he he, he said he was watching the Babyface versus Teddy Riley one, mm-hmm. and he didn't like the audio to where the audio made him question it. Um, and I can understand that because he's really big on audio. Yeah. He's really big on, like, sound and wanting to hear the sonic. But I feel like now that they got it to where um, they got bigger people helping them out, like, they could get, they could get Dre there. They could get Dre. Um but yeah, Dre against Puff. Um, I originally wanted before he faced DMX. I, I originally wanted Snoop against Jay because I feel like even though Jay has been a part of a lot of stuff, um, he's um, he's Snoop still got hits that, that ain't they ain't touched, and he can do a second one just like Rick Ross can do a second one with his with his hits. But since that, I would do Jay against Drake. That would be like I was about to say that match because they got my, so many hits. I think Dre Z is the only person who can go toe to toe with Drake. Yeah, I agree. I think the only person that can go toe to flipping it, the only person that I can see going toe to toe with Jay is Drake. Yeah, like you could argue Eminem, mm. but I'm like Eminem. Wayne, can we? Yeah, Wayne made a part of some some missiles. Yeah, you could, Wayne can, ain't facing nobody yet. You could throw Wayne in there because you can have some. I, I'm a, I'm gonna do you one better though. Because I, I was thinking about this while you was talking. I say Master P versus Birdman. Mm. Because bring in like yeah. all of the, like, everything that they touch. 
So you talking about, you know, No Limit Soldiers versus like. That's a lot cold. of rivalry too. Like real street stuff happened between those two guys. If, if they, but I mean, real those street two camps, stuff. I mean. Yeah, real street stuff happened between Jeezy and uh, Gucci. So mm-hmm. if the money right and if the environment right, like you telling me that won't like do numbers? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Without a shot of a doubt, it would do numbers. But I, I'm, I'm just saying that in a sense, it would make it even more thrilling mm-hmm. because you know that like it's a long history that people know that cash money niggas didn't mess with no limit niggas because of how both of those camps started and not realizing that they the reason it was like that because they birthed were born, they were birthed in in um, rivalry projects mm-hmm. you know one was in Calio one was in Magnolia and those are rival projects in New Orleans and that's why they never you never got those two collabing and meshing together like it should have been and so that would be a very dope one to, and then it would like have the end of Gucci and Jeezy break that chain of like rivalry and just have it for New Orleans. That would be beautiful. I was watching something where Vlad was interviewing Mystical and he said he had walked into like a restaurant and he said he had saw BG there. So this is like during a time where, you know, it was like some stuff between both camps. So he had dissed him. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So this is on Vlad. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Mystical thought, you know, he was going to pop off. Right. So Mystical came in there with the shenanigans. Straight here I go. And then, <laughs> but then BG was like, "Yo, man, I like your album." And then Mystical was like, "Oh, he complimented me." He was like, "I can't, I can't start that off a compliment." Mm-hmm. So Mystical gave him a compliment back, and then he was like, "That was just cool." They just chopped it up, but it's so crazy how that rivalry was so like that. Like it was like it was on site, and then it won't even be on site, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but not. And so before we move off our verses, if you can pick. I know this is a hard one. Who would you pick to go up against Beyonce? Um, probably. Uh, I know, right? I'm thinking about that. I got a couple. I got I got three heavyweights that like I would I would I would say um <laughs> I got four heavyweights that can go go against Beyonce. I got we got Mary J. We got Mariah. We got Rihanna. Um, Can Rihanna go up against Beyonce though? Without a shadow of a doubt, you think so? I oh, love yeah. me some Rihanna. You think Rihanna, so? Rihanna's track record could go up against Beyonce. Maybe yeah. them other two you said I could see, but still, yeah. really, I think you you need to go back and and look. You don't even got to go back that far, bro. Just nah, just go. go what you got? Spotify? Yeah, you, you know got, got Spotify. Just just look up Rihanna hits. It probably has a section where just go through her hits. Oh, you know yeah. I like me some Rihanna. All right, so who the fourth? Because they're only giving you. You got to remember now. We're asking. Does Rihanna have a twenty piece? Oh yeah, because they're only they're only letting them go a minute and a half a, a piece, and it's twenty missiles. You telling me Rihanna don't got twenty missiles? She does. She got twenty missiles for her. So who who's the fourth person? Who did I say? You said Mary, Mariah, Rihanna. Um, Mary. Who I say? Mary. <laughs> I just went like, hey, Mary. Uh, Mary, Mariah, and Rihanna. And you said, yeah, one more person. Oh, um, Janet. Janet is a good one. Yeah, Janet Jackson. Janet is a real good one. I looked up Janet um, recently. That's why I'm saying it because I was looking at what would be dream matchups. I like looking at stuff like that. And I was like, um, for me, I think I was thinking at that time, I was thinking Mariah against Janet or I was thinking Janet against Mary um, because it's levels to like the fame. And, and yes, they're famous, but they just seem more down to earth to do it. I don't see Beyonce doing it. I don't either. Like, I just think they're just so a caliber of not just fame, but just like, you know, they just seem like the type of people that wouldn't do that. While those other three, 
Mary, and for a fact, I know Mary and and Mariah already said they would do it, mm-hmm. depending on who they face in, in the bag, right? They're more involved in the culture. Mary and Mariah are very, like, entwined with hip-hop, like, just knowing their stories and, and the people that they mess with. I could see them doing that, but I can't see um As, as much as involved, the other two, Rihanna and Beyonce, are very heavily involved as well. Like, they have their ear to the streets, but – I just don't see them doing it. Kind of like Jay. I don't see Jay ever doing it, even though he has his ear to the streets and probably has a dummy account where he watches the verses. <laughs> yeah. But I don't see him ever really doing it. I can see him doing it. Like when concerts start opening up, it'd be like, you remember back in the day when Drake, it was the Drake versus Wayne tour. Mm-hmm. I can see him doing like a versus, but it'd be like a concert at the Madison Square Garden where it'd be like Jay versus Drake. And it'd just be that one night concert. That would I be dope, and then you get, and then he, I could see him doing something like that, and then, like, it being an event where you have people pay for it, or if they got title, you know, they can watch it live. Mm-hmm. That would be dope. Like, yeah, I could see Jay doing, he going he gonna to try to get his bag in it as well. Oh, and so, absolutely. Of course, they're going to pay him a bag to do that anyway, but he going to make sure, like, title is a part of something. Mm-hmm. And so... <laughs> You know, he ain't going to give all that money to Apple just off the business mind that he is. Because I remember when we was at Dreamville Fest, titles were, uh, title was out there or whatever. And um, I'm like, man, I ain't got title, man. Like, But they was, like, streaming and doing, like, behind-the-scenes interviews and all this and that. And I was like, dang, I ain't got title. And you want to support title. I know t- title is costly, but it do help out the artists because a lot of the money and a lot of the plays actually go back into the pockets of the artists compared to, like, Spotify and some of these, like, uh, Apple Music and all these other streaming services. So, yeah, it caters to the artist. So, and I mean, he sold that off too recently, if I'm not mistaken, too. Yeah, to the guy who, um, Jack, who, um, I want to say was responsible for Twitter. Mm-hmm. I think his name is like Jack Dempsey or something like that. He he sold that to to Square, which is the yep. same guy who owns Twitter. To where I could see why he did that. You own it today, boy. You you own it today. You definitely are <laughs> coming with the facts. You know I like that. Yeah, man. You know I'm gonna try to get my facts straight. <laughs> so so with that, since we were talking about verses, um, I wanted to talk about it was something else that's happened in the media recently. Mm. Did you see the whole Quavo and Sauce thing? Now you know I saw that. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so yeah, so I know. <clears throat> what, what what did you think about the whole situation? First of all, you see, did you see recently how? The cops want to get involved, but neither sides press charge. Yeah, I mean they want to get involved because it's black celebrities, and they just want to. They want to. They 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 are drooling to. They have been drooling to lock up another Migo since <laughs> since, since Offset. I am dead serious. Yeah, they I have, agree with you. They yeah. have been. People don't realize how much of like they. You guys ask for this stuff. You ask for this fame. You ask for this money. Heavy is the head that wears the crown mm-hmm. because it comes like I, I used to be like that. Like, I used to be like that. I'm with y'all, but I'm to the level now where I just want to be comfortable and want to be able to move how I want to move. And part of being able to move how I want to move is to have bread, but not be not be famous, right. you know? Because when, when you're famous, you be infamous as well, like Chappelle was saying. It's just like you're always going to be that guy and always going to be messed with. And I don't know if I want that. You know, I could probably handle it now as compared to being like 24 where it was just like, if if I had to deal with the the clout and the and the fame of like what people are doing, 
at like 10, like 21, like how some of these guys be like 19, 18, like just getting their license and have to deal with all these people in their face. Mm -hmm. I see why suicide is such at a high rate because like that's a lot. That's a lot. And you got your own stuff trying to be an adult. You're trying to figure out life. You you got all this money and stuff, but you still dealing with depression and relationships. You're still dealing with relationships. Yep, and relationships are the same, even if it's it's money involved. Relationships still relationships. Yeah, and your heart and your mind is still the same. Like your 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 traumas don't change because you get a bag. If anything, it might get like again. Like I, I see why I didn't get my stuff at certain timing because. I was dealing with a lot of trauma in my in my teenage and like dealing with my dad, dealing with like the death of like family members, losing losing family members to to accidents and my ex. I probably I probably would overdose somewhere if I had because a lot of people they go to that stuff, they go to drugs, they go they don't go to therapy, especially like fifteen years ago. And we already talked about this dealing with dealing with therapy in the black community. It was frowned upon. To where um, you would look at, especially being a black man, lesser than um, doing stuff like that. To where in other societies, in, in, in white society, they do that all the time. Like, they go to therapy all the time. And so... They be having a um, therapist on speed dial. They be like, let me call my On therapist. speed dial, bro. Once, sometimes they go to them like twice a week. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that we had to take from that. It's just like, it's okay to get your stuff off on people, you know, in, in a sense, I mean, like, it's okay to talk to people. It's okay to get that stuff out. Cause if not, you're going to get it out. Your body is, your body is a machine and it's, it's going to get out that just like you take a shit, you eat too much stuff. Sooner or later, you're going to take a shit. Sooner or later, you're, you're going to boil over. Now, how you're going to do it. You're either going to do it in a good sense of like spill out good ideas. And some people just, they go the creative route. Where they do like me, like I, I, we all deal with stuff. But I made up my mind, I'm just gonna be so busy that it is it, just gonna have to hit me. Like 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 dealing with people like uh, Kareem. Like I thought about getting back into like taking fighting seriously. Like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. He he talks about the mind, body, and soul aspect of that. To where I was like, man, I'm gonna get back into that because that'll keep me busy from not thinking about some other things. Mm-hmm. And so it's like we find positive stuff to do that, but a lot of people don't. A lot of people like going to and nothing's wrong with going to bars, but like it's you need to watch that person that does that every day because it's a balance and get shit faced every day. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, was one of those people. I know functional alcoholics, and I used to be like, yo, like I know people who rely on beer like every day, like they can't go no day without drinking a beer. Just like I know cats who have to smoke every day, and I'd be like, bro, like one if you using controlled substance to escape whatever you got going on, it's not going to go nowhere because once you come down there. from that buzz or come down from that high, it's still going to be there. Mm. Like, that's not – you can't live in a world like that. That's not a real world. That's not reality. No. Unfortunately, like, you have to – like you said, you have to find other healthy alternatives that make you happy. Like, if you learn how to paint, like, be a photographer, uh, draw. Um, me, working out is one of my things. Even me – Taking random pictures sometimes, one of my things. Like, you have to find other alternatives to do that. Like, even giving back in the community was one of my things, too. So, it's just it's just a trance that you're going through. Like, do you thinking you drinking or you smoking is going to help, like, fix that pain permanently? But it's just temporary. Yeah. And it's a temporary relief. And sometimes some of that stuff, depending on what you're doing, 
it's going to be it's a temporary relief, but it's going to be harder on you by a hard on your body or hard on you as time goes. So, like you said, I mean, I that's why I'm always, you know, a I'm definitely always talking about, you know, finding other alternatives to do stuff to make you happy or help you escape. And like you said, therapy is true and not just relying on substance. What's been some of those other alternatives that you um we know your talent with photography. What's what's other alternatives that you've done yourself personally that have got you over the hump on those days where you feel like, man, like the world, you know, those back against the wall uh, situations. Um, so back back in the day, it was music. Like I used to write like rhymes and like just lyrics and stuff like that. So music was probably one of my favorite things to do. Um, and even before that, it was drawing. Like, and I still would have, like, a whole series. Like, I have a series written out and then talk about what I'm about to do for that series. Um, me and present time, <clears throat> besides photography, uh, I would definitely say, and, and this started within high school, too, working out, because I feel like I get a sense of, you know, I'm not relying on anybody. Like, you know how you watch the movies or you watch them scenes where it be an individual and they'd be doing something, and then everybody around them, they, it'd just be blacked out, and it'd just be them. It'd be tonal vision, and everything just in slow motion. That's how I feel when I'm working out. Like, I block all the negativities of the world. If I got to think about certain things I do, but I focus more on my my form, you know. I'll focus on getting a sweat. I'll do, it just It's just that relief. It's my time away from, like, the real world. So working out is definitely one of them. Um <clears throat> I will say sometimes playing video games, but it used to be more playing video games with a group of people. But um, now it's just more just playing like just video games just for the time being. But you don't want to do that too much either. But I think the ones that I really like to say is for seriously is working out photography and unfortunately because of COVID, but giving back in a community. Like I enjoy giving back in a community because it kind of showed you like, look, <clears throat> sometimes some other people might need that guidance and might need that help or it's people who's going to be way worse than you and you might be way worse than other people, but just try to build that sense of community and giving back and giving your time to people and just seeing some of them people. I'll never forget when I was at a soup kitchen and this one dude looked at me and he was like, man, he's like, dang, you big fella. He was like, you, you about to lift some weights back there. And I was <laughs> like, what? He was like, nah, I'm just playing, man. He was like, yo, I really appreciate you for the food, man. I'm glad y'all out here. I'm like, yo, man, this man appreciating that he get a meal today. He yeah. didn't suffer. And, like, it's just I'm I'm big on time. So even me putting the time and doing that, those were some of my release. What What about you? What do you think some of yours right now? I think right now at the moment um, it's been just um, getting back into doodling. I'm not even going to say drawing, but, yeah, we can call it that. Um, getting back into doing that, enjoying it, um, studying stuff like that. Like I used to like just studying different like forms of art, like sculpture, like you know the different forms of photography, the different forms of drawing, um, tattooing. You know, which is a form of art. Not that I'm tattooing, but I, just I was just like, about to say you yeah. look like you. How many tattoos you got? I got a lot, man. I don't really know. I don't have a number on it. But I, I got a lot of my stuff is meshed up together because it's like in the form of like sleeves. And um, I, I don't know. I got over 30 or probably or something like that. They're ask all me meshed how, up together. Ask me how many I have. How many you got? Zero. Zero? Yeah. I don't know why I thought you had at least two or something. I, w- I was going to get two at one point, but like something happened. 
Um, and then it's like I always want to get something more catered for my mom. I just never had the time or, like, I never seen the thing that I was like, I want that, you know, because I wanted to be something, like, you know, really meaningful for me to do that. But it's like the older I keep getting, I'm like, well, dang, I ain't got one now, so should I even go get one? Yeah. I mean, you already – it's up. it depends. You're at that stage now where it's like – for, I feel like for a lot of people, or maybe just speaking for myself, um, you kind of you kind of did it. I didn't even understand the art form when I first got my tattoos. I was just really just doing it to just do it. Right. And I feel like a lot of people do that and just get stuff on them because of that <coughs> aspect of it. But then once I start understanding the culture of it and, um, you know, how it's a story being told in that and how it's really not just a tattoo, it's a piece of art. And, and, you know, the person that you work with, the chemistry that you can build. And, like, I got to a, a level where I would freestyle a lot of my tattoos because I would depend so much on the artist to bring me into their world and give them just an idea, and I would like to see their end result of it. And so after, I mean, after doing that and really studying it, I want even more of them because I like seeing, like, I look at my body as like a canvas, and it telling a story in a sense like that. And so, I mean, but some people, I mean, they don't have to have that, you know. I mean, you get your story out through photography or you get your story out through podcasting or, you know, drawing. You know, it's tattooing to me is just a way, uh, an expression of this is a story. You know, you know, if you look at the history of, like, Japanese tattooing, it's a story behind why these guys got these certain things tattooed on them, even with the stick type of tattooing, like it's it's stories behind that. Do you have a favorite? Um, probably the Lizzie one is is a cousin of mine that passed away. This chest one, because I got it done for starters for free, and <laughs> <laughs> and it was two of my um at that time. I'm still I still got love for one of them, but we were all staying at this art house. And I used to stay at the spot with them. And so a lot of my tattoos in my earlier years were on the house because I stayed with these niggas. And so when they found out the news about her passing away, they did a tattoo for me. Um, they thought of it out for me. And I had two guys working on working on me at this. No homo. I had two guys doing. <laughs> I had two guys tattooing me at the same time. But it was dope because it's it's two different stories. If it's the same thing, it's it's two skulls, but you see in the story in the two skulls, where one has eyes and a lot more doll like as compared to the the soulness in the other one. And so it was two different bodies of work that meshed into one. And so at that time frame, and then how they combine their different styles, because one dude is more pop out as a, as another one is more traditional. Um, it was good to see that and just looking at those memories of how they've gone on to become, even though I don't mess with one of them, very good tattoo artists. Right. Um, one moved to Raleigh and the other one that I do mess with, he moved to uh, Kentucky because his father passed away and went there to take care of his mother. But that not stopping him branched off to become a very uh, good name in that area to where he goes around the world doing tattoo conventions and stuff. So, I think I will be like you in a sense of letting the artist create something new because I think I was watching like 
Vice, they was doing like a um, documentary on like a tattoo artist, and she was like one of the first female tattoo artists in like Virginia or somewhere like that. And she was like, she was an apprentice in Florida and like New Orleans and all this. And I think she said she did either BG or uh, Master P. I want to say one of those. She did. Is a black lady? No, she's a white lady. Oh, okay. But she did work under a black lady as an apprentice. So you might have probably saw like part two of her story, but. She was saying, like, you know, sometimes people come in and be like, oh, you know, they want this or that. And they am like, you know, I've seen it, done it before. And when they look in the picture book and be like, you know, won't you? Or they'd be like, look up a picture online be like, I want this. And it'd be a picture online that you see, like, a whole bunch of different versions of that tattoo compared to, like, nah, like, won't you let me, give me the idea and let me create. And I think I'll be like that. I'd just be afraid. Like, it have to be, like, an artist I trust. And I think you feel me on that because you have to trust that artist because they putting something on your body. Oh, yeah. So it's a connection between you and that artist. So I, but I wouldn't want something that I see online or something that I see in, like, a book. I want something like something that I'd be like, yo, I thought of that and you made, you brought it to life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's almost I would compare it in the sense of, like, you're not going to let anybody shape you up. No. You, know, you ain't going to let just anybody do your hair, you know, in the sense of like that. You, you've built a – even though that's your wife – like, you've built a camaraderie with her where it's like, you know her work. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to let her just, like, if she was trash, you wouldn't let her do it. You know what I'm saying? And it's the same sense of that when it comes to, like, tattooing. Like, you build a chemistry with somebody to where it's like, you know their work. They know your body because tattooing is, everybody's body is not the same. Some people can take pressure, just like braiding hair. Some people got some people are tender-headed. And some people don't like certain people because of, you know, how hard they braid their hair. And then they'll meet somebody that knows how to deal with people that are tender-handed. Some people don't know how to deal with hair. Hair is an art. It so is. It's like dealing with, you knowing how to deal with different textures and different people's heads. And so it's the same with that. You know, everybody's skin is the same. I may not, I may not can put that green on you, my brother. Why? Because I'm black? No, because your skin breaks out with this certain color. And I know... If, if if down the line you get a bunch of green on you, you're gonna break out in that area. Mm-hmm. So you may, maybe you can choose like a red or like so. Really studying that stuff. Really like you start to see the art and just studying that. It's not just about like just putting stuff on you. And now I've got to the level now where it's like at the end of it, at the end of the day, I just want to go like I mean you were talking with Kareem. I want to go to different spots and just like rub elbows with the best of tattooing, like the dude in Okinawa. Um, you know, tattoo age, if, you, if you're into, like, studying, like, the history of tattoo, tattooing, and a good, if you're a documentary person, um, Vice used to do something called Tattoo Age. That's, mm. All their stuff is on YouTube. That's a really good one on the dude that I'm talking about in Okinawa, and they got one on cats and all over the place, you know. Ed Hardy, of course, you know Ed Hardy because he, he he's probably one of the most generic um, big names of tattooing because of how his brand got so big. But Ed Hardy was a tattoo artist. You remember everybody was wearing that man clothes? Yeah, that them was clothes. a hell of a ride, wasn't it? <laughs> them clothes didn't age that well, bro. Ed Hardy back in the day was like Gucci. Like, it was, man. You, get, you seen somebody, remember Independence rocking Ed Hardy? You knew they had some cake. Yeah, man. Ed Hardy, uh, Ed Hardy's shirt back in the day was probably like 80 bucks. I was wearing, just for a shirt. I was wearing Famous Stars and Stripes. I was on that because I was a real big fan of Travis. Yeah, because Travis Barker, right? The drummer, Mm -hmm, right? Yeah, Yeah. and I was like, yo, like, I remember because that was like when that whole party, like a rock star whole uh, 
Saga came out, all that, you know, like totally do. So everybody mm-hmm. was rocking like Ed Hardy, uh, True Religions and all of that. Like, true Religion was really big. Fab I, used to wear that. So I, I remember a lot. My brother used to wear that True Religion, Red Bottom stuff and all that. I got a homeboy who used to wear that. I think he still do. But he'd be like, man, he'd be like, man, they comfortable. I'd be like, nah, I'm good, bro. But yeah, it was like that big old like rock star. It was like, it, it was weird. Cause like, and it's funny because you see a lot of them cats who rap now, like a Uzi Vert and Playboy Cardi and all of them, they want to be rock stars so bad. And they kind of dress like that. They just don't wear that uh, clothing line anymore, but they dress like that. Yeah, they kind of combine that real, um, they can, like, it, it, it makes me come back to questioning, is punk rock, is punk an aesthetic or is it a genre of music? Mm. Because you've seen the adaptation of it even back in the day where punk back in the day um, was just a rebellion of the rock that was commercial mm-hmm. dealing with like, they didn't want to sound like the Rolling Stones. They didn't want to sound like the Beatles. So they made this noise as a, as a way to um, rebel against whatever was deemed pop and it became a lifestyle. It's a, and so I was asking my friend, is punk really a genre of music or is it an aesthetic? Because you got punk. If, if that's the case, then rap would be considered punk, you know, because it came from where it came from. It's its own culture. Hip hop is its own culture, but how it was frowned upon in society and a, a, a rebellion type of music where I don't care what the man thinks about this. We're going to put our stuff out. And now to the bigger level of it, how it is now, it's become a lot more pop. But it's it's a punk aesthetic to hip hop, right? To where I feel like that's if you want to really be real with it, black is the original punk. Like like we've always been the the, the left out and the the going against the man type of like race. And so, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I could kind of see that because like when you think about like alternative music. It was always like this new type of music. They didn't want to label it as like pop or whatever mainstream. So they automatically like put it in its own category in its own realm, like mm-hmm. you know, urban um, contemporary or whatever you said that word. Or they'll be like you know like punk rock or grunge rock or grunge bands. Like yeah, mm-hmm. always put it. They always label it something new until it get mainstream, and then that's like oh we accept you now. Yep. Or then they be like we have a category, and then we even get to a point now where. Cats be like, nah, uh, like uh, Tyler, like even Tyler last album, Igor, like it wasn't really a, a rap album. It was, mm-hmm. it was an album, and I, I feel like he was right when you shouldn't put him in like the urban category because it's just a polite way of saying the niggas music. So like, yeah, I think, um, I mean, we look at a lot of the music that we had over the years. It was considered in that extra category. Yeah, I don't even think Tyler should have been best rap album. I don't either because it wasn't the rap album. It wasn't a rap album, but they they put him in that category because he was black, and that, that that's another thing. Like they don't know how to uh, basically categorize people, music, or categorize artists. They just put them because of their skin tone, or they put them in there. They're like, "Oh, you fit this. We're gonna put you over here because that, that's where you need to be at." Yeah. Um. But no, I see that all the time. I mean, I think it's funny to me where when I look at certain genres or even like certain industries or certain waves where you see how it started off underground and then you start seeing it where 
it's accepted to society. And then that's when, like, it's like, oh, it's mainstream now. Like, think about skateboard culture. Yeah. Like, a lot of cats wasn't skateboarding. And, um, like, even, like, even when we was in school, like, it was a selected few people that we knew who skateboard. I had a skateboard. I couldn't skateboard. But now, mm-hmm. like, it's one of them things, like, oh, I be seeing, like, older cats that be trying to get on a board and stuff like that. Don't know what they be doing, but it's like, ah, nah. It, it's cool. It's a cool thing. But back in the day, be like, nah, skateboarders, like, nah, they're troublemaker. They'd be the ones who be tagging up stuff, even tagging, like, before that, graffiti. Mm-hmm. But then you have some of these cats now that be like, nah, we like if you want to spray our wall and stuff like that. So it's just funny how you see certain things with certain different cultures and how people be culture of like basically bringing stuff in and making it mainstream and then trying to sell it as, of course, this and sell it as their own. But it, they always end up losing the fact of where it started from. Yeah, because it's all about money to them and it's and it's profitable. It's mm-hmm. profitable to suburbia. It's profitable, profitable to those them industries like the I don't want to bring Nike up again, but like not even just Nike, just in like. Um, big high dollar industries like that that want to find that culture, the next culture to leech on and make profit out of it. You know, because if you look at all these these different things that we're talking about, whether it's punk, whether it's hip hop, whether it's skateboarding, like you said, we I know and you know true skateboarders where that was really I know some some still now where that is really a lifestyle. Like if you watch like have you ever seen a movie mid nineties? Like, if you haven't, it's, it was Jonah Hill's first directorial debut. It came out about, like, two years ago. If you watch that movie, it really is a good um, depiction of how the skateboarding lifestyle really is. And um, I know guys that really live that lifestyle. It's it's not it's a brotherhood. It's, it's just not just skating for tricks and just, you know, just it's, it's such a, a culture thing just like hip-hop to where that's why it doesn't surprise me that skateboarding and hip-hop like we were talking about with Elijah in a couple of ep- previous episodes, how they became entwined with one another because they both were looked at as the 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 lesser than type of people doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. So that makes perfect sense. And now you look at it now, the biggest profitable things. Like, you know, you got yep. people wearing vans still. You got people that on Thrasher shirts that don't even believe in the concept of that, <laughs> you know. I remember when that whole Thrasher wave came back. Because I even had to ask one of my buddies. I was like, what's Thrasher? He was like, it was a magazine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, word. But then I'd be saying, like, I'd be saying, like, cats who I know who don't skateboard or don't even know what it mean. They just throw on a Thrasher shirt. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, flip the script. You see cats throw on a Wu-Tang uh, shirt and can't even tell you a Wu-Tang album or a Wu-Tang song. Yeah. So I see that same sense. Now, granted, I do wear a lot of uh, SBs and, like, I do like a lot of skateboard brands just because they are comfortable. Yeah, they're uh, comfortable. But um, but you're not going to catch E on a board, bro. Nah, I, I tried it. I messed myself up even more. <laughs> and it's even it's even like that. That is just shows you how the culture of it, of just, like, getting it. It's a, it's, it's, it's a beauty of failing continuously and getting back up and really hurting yourself. Like I've seen my boys get smacked up. And I, like I said, the one of the main reasons I already had knee trouble and then I messed my foot up skateboarding, trying to be cute, jumping off of a um jumping off of a um um a staircase and messed myself up to where I was like, you know what? I still I'm not tricking, but I still love it. Like it's still like therapeutic to do like 
just cruising around. You can still cruise around and stuff like that, but like tricks and all that, like how these cats are doing. Nah, I'm not doing that no more. I learned my lesson. But I, I used to rollerblade back in the day. I did used to like doing that, but I ain't never do no mm-hmm. tricks. I used to just like rollerblade. Just same here. Yeah, I used to do that too. You used to go to the skating ring. Yeah, you remember um Treywin or what was it? Uh, Kate skate skating ring or whatever. But Treywin was to this thing. day. I've never been to Kate skating ring. Really? The one that's all the way down Indian Trail. Nah, this one was on one of them was over there on uh, Plaza in the Plaza area. And then another one is off of... Um, I worked at the trade winds that where the Delta 6 used to be. That one, that's... Okay, so that's one I'm talking about. Yeah, I worked at that one. <laughs> I, got, I got kicked out of that Delta 6, too. That's funny. That's a lot of memories there. That has a lot of memories there. But nah, the other one was, I think, uh, Kate or trade winds over there near where the Walmart at near... Um, God, I'm... I'm the Plaza and Eastway. Yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah, so that, I've been in that one before. But I've been in that, that one. That one. Yeah. That's, that's the... Um, we used to call it I would go there Being prepared to fight Yeah Because that's where We would meet our rivals at Like we used to, <laughs> For real Like whenever Like if you were in that Banging stuff Like back in the day Like everybody got a pass Like Like we would go there And like you would really Have to claim Whatever you were There Because you would see Like every gang there Like you was Like it'd be so many Fights over there Like it was You already know Like that spot went down The baddest girls Went over there like something was different about that central one as compared to like that Almar one. Almar was straight, like because I like I said I worked there, but that that central one I don't know because it was so close to that Garinger or something. I mean, it was closer it to was, that Garinger, and then yeah, the one on Almar you had to live in the east side to kind of know where it was at. It was tucked mm-hmm. like in the heart of the east side. The other one is like you know you can get off the highway and get to that one. You can get off uh, 85 or Independence and just ride that up and then go to that one. So yeah, it was I, easy. Uh, Accessible to get to that one. I feel like that one got more of the side of like the WT Harris and the Almar side as compared as the central one probably got a lot more of the North Tryon mm-hmm. and Milton Road and like you know Hampshire Hills. Like <laughs> that probably makes sense, bro. That makes perfect sense why the two were like that. But man, that's our memories, bro. But yeah, I, I loved doing that. That was that was a phase. I loved it so much that I ended up working at one of them. That's and crazy. So like, yeah, on some Rashad off of ATL, straight up Rashad. <laughs> from ATL. Like, like what size you need? Mm-hmm. Straight up like that. One thing I, I want to um, ask you. Um, there's a couple of things I want to ask you. I wanted to get back to because I forgot to kind of really get into that. Um. Legacy. We talked about legacy earlier and, and the verses. Where do you see DMX at when we talk about legacy? Because like God forbid, like he passes away. Um we already know the situation going on at hand. Like they're saying like his brain I've heard so many different stories. Like I don't know if like how far along like I don't know how bad it is. And then I've seen stories where it's like, yo, his brain is barely working type stuff to where it's like, God forbid that does happen. Where does hip hop Put DMX Where we talking legacy at I'll definitely say top 10 Top 10 because, Yeah you have to say top 10 Because His whole like He brought a whole different type of um, Energy to Like rap Like His thing were like Like he was a great storyteller But he was good at pulling out people in motion You know mm. Like I'm slipping I'm falling I can't get up Like he had some real songs Like And he was like the front man of Rough Rider Which one of those big rap groups growing up back in the day. Like you had, you know, Rockefeller, you had um you had like the Saint Lunatics, you had of course 
No Limit Soldiers. You had um, Cash mm-hmm. Money. But, like, Rough Riders was just as big, bro. I remember everybody was wearing Rough Rider shirts. Or everybody, mm-hmm. like, everybody, like, was messing with Eve, Kiss, Shrieks, uh, Styles, uh, Dragon. But, mm-hmm. like, the person who stood out, I mean, Swiss, of course, you got to give your your flowers to Swiss because he produced all their tracks and stuff, or most of their tracks at least. Yeah. Like, I mean, you got a whole real live biker games based off of the Rough Riders. Yeah. Or either either vice versa, they made the biker games something. And DMX was the front man in that. Like, DMX was – and he was a great actor too when he acted. He was a pretty decent actor. Yeah. Um, he was <sighs> – I, and that's why I say, man, drugs is you really don't need drugs. He could have been bigger than what he was. Um, I always look at that one uh, video where he's performing in front of Woodstock and it's like a sea full of people that's just going nuts, hanging off his every word. And it's not even just a sea full of black people. It's so like predominantly white. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And like they just going and he he gave you anthems too. Yeah. Like he gave stop. Drop and then don't even get me started on him with um Def Jam Vendetta like <laughs> so <laughs> best games of all time one of the, the probably the best wrestling game of all time mm. number two is but but yeah man so like me personally I'll be sad because again like I said on a previous episode when I transition besides to listen to the music that my dad would be playing in the car from the West Coast to the Dre to Snoop and all of this and that. Um, and then my sister was playing a little bit of Jay-Z. Um, and, you know, the music, the first rapper that I gravitated to, besides Bow Wow, like, you know, actually buying an album and listening to that music mm-hmm. was DMX. So I, it would hurt me, like, personally. Um, I think he's, he's a vet in hip-hop because he was up there with Jay-Z. He was up there with Ja Rule. I think him and Jay-Z had like a battle one time. They did that. I was so jealous that I wasn't born in that time to go on that Def Jam tour mm. where it was like Jay, I think Ja, Lil' Kim, DMX, you know, all of these great artists. Like I was so – I look back and like, dang, that tour sounds so much fire. Yeah. And they sold out shows. I think my brother went to that, the Rough Rider at Rockefeller tour. All right, so you look at that, man, like – He's definitely, man, it's just so sad just to see what drugs did to that man. It is, man. It is. And it, it just, it reminds me that, um, you know, addiction is an ongoing battle, man. Because we just, we were just talking about how we just seen him earlier this year. Like, what was that, earlier this year or last, uh, last year, year. Against, against Snoop in the versus battle? And then after that, he, he was on Drink Champs and, like, looked great, looked healthy. Because I still watch, uh, I still watch Drink Champs with Nori and stuff and, um. Uh, he looked fine. He looked great, but it just shows you this like you can look like that on the out on the outside, man. But you're you, you still have demons that you got to battle every day. And mm-hmm. then you know a lot of people I know a lot of people are gonna question like, oh man, like again, I, I'm I'm hearing a lot of that people oh, again like he's he's dealing with that again. But those people that are saying that don't understand the mind frame of an addict. You know, DMX is a is an addict that's trying to get clean like that's been trying to get clean for years and and apparently is not around the right people mm-hmm. because if he's still doing that um then that's a problem you know it's a problem people don't understand like addiction is a disease and um like just personally i don't seen members of my family who will you know go get clean and then like maybe months months later they you know you know 
just doing it all over again. But like it's it's something that unfortunately, like you said, man, you have to be in the right mindset. You have to really want it for yourself and you have to be around the right people. Um, and there's programs and stuff out there too, but mm-hmm. you have to go to those programs and those people who's working those programs gotta really be in there for your your better for your better being. Cause you do have some people in their program, they don't care. They're just getting checked. Trying to get you in and get you out. Exactly. But like it's just it's it's just a mixture of things, man. Like you said, he just I don't know. And then you have some people who don't want to change. And you have some people who look at it like, hey, you know, I do this once in a lifetime or I do this every now and then I'm good after that. So um and a lot of people try to escape reality by going that route. So um again, I'm hoping when this do drop that we're not gonna have to have a follow up episode talking about, you know, rest in peace DMX cause that would be hard for me, um, to be honest. So, but and me and my personal, um, with his legacy, he's definitely in my top ten. Might even be closer to top seven, but he's he's definitely ranked pretty high. Yeah, I agree. I agree, man. At the end of the day, um, uh, keep DMX in the prayers, of course. Um, I think we discuss. I think I said what like he was probably in my top twenty. Mm-hmm. Now I'm thinking about it, he's definitely like, um, if we're talking just rap. Just, just rap, um, yeah. He's fifteen, ten. I will put him top, top fifteen, top ten for sure. Of growing up listening to him, because like I said, my brother listened to a lot of like Locks, DMX. Uh, grew up on that stuff, you know. So he was always heavily around all the stuff that he um, put um, himself in. Just not just musically, but just like being just like a public figure. And um, being in movies and all that, like, DMX was that dude, uh, is that dude still, you know. I don't want to talk in past tense. Is that dude. And so I wish him a strong recovery. And like I said, addiction is real, man. At the end of the day, he has to decide that. I was just watching, um, I don't know if you know um, Demi Lovato. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she's she's had, she has a mini series out on YouTube that's really good. It's, it's part three just came out. Um, yesterday, but she has a three-part series where she talked, you know, in 2018, she um had a heroin overdose and was, you know, brain dead, and, like, they had to bring her back to life to where, like, she talks about, at the end of the day, you can, and she has her friends ain't no flute. Like, she eliminated, because this ain't her first time being addicted and, and, and going through that process of overdosing. She has the right team around her. Like she's she has people that generally care for her, but at the same time, she has to make up in her mind that it is not worth it. And I'm hoping that this was the last time for her because she's got to the point now where like, um, she's like she's she's not blind, but she can't see in certain like like she's not she's not allowed to drive anymore oh, because man. she can only see like like she did another interview on the Joe Rogan podcast, and she talks about how she can technically only see like him from like the nose up like so imagine just being able to see somebody from this sense like you can only see the world from like this sense like you can't you don't got no like she said her blind spots are trash like she can't see it she has to move her own neck around like if she wanted to look at your mouth she would have to look all she would have to like I'm doing like look all the way down and that's because of what happened to her or during the overdose and so that stuff is real man but at the same time like I said even with me um, I had to make up in my mind that enough was enough. 
you have to make that up in your mind that enough is enough because nobody's going to do it for you. People are always like, you You can have a strong team, man. Like, I, my team is strong. But if I go off the rails today, it's because of me. Like, I, I chose that DMX overdosed at his house at in the evening, probably in his room by himself. And so he had he, – he, he made that mistake again. He made that mistake again. And, you know, and then if you leave drugs for a long period of time, it's the old saying, like, once you get rid of something, get rid of it for, for good. Because the old scripture was like, when, when you open that back up, it's going to bring his friends time, times 10. You know, we, some people say demons it's going to bring his demons times 10. And perfect example, David Ruffin. David Ruffin, one of my favorite musicians, not aside from the comedic stuff they did on the Temptations <laughs> movie, was a phenomenal songwriter and right. a phenomenal musician to where he quit heroin. And when he went back and overdosed off of it, it was because he was taking the same amount he would take when he was on it hard. And that's what messed him up because his body was not used to that no more. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that may be the case to what happened with X. To where I don't know if it was crack. I don't know. They don't know. They ain't told the drug it was yet. But I guarantee you he probably did the same amount like he was still doing it on a regular basis. And it messed up his his body was probably, oh, hell no. Nah. Or, which also has been going around a lot, a lot of people have been dying like Mac Miller, your stuff getting laced up. You know, that's, that's what messed my OD up. I got laced with bad stuff. So you got to be careful who you're getting your stuff from. Because some of these people are all, like, like a perfect example with Demi Lovato. She was taking her regular dose, like how she always takes. But you know what? Her heroin was laced with fentanyl. Mm. And so these drug dealers ain't caring, bro. They ain't caring about that. They all about what's cheaper for me so I can make it more for them. And so at the end of the day, man, they have to decide that. And you got to be careful if you are doing that stuff, if you're listening. Just be careful who is supplying you. Be careful dealing in that realm because it, it leads to destruction at the end of the day, man. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. It's crazy because she uh, she's only 28, too. And uh, DMX is only 50, too. So it, it affects different ages, too, different races. Don't matter who you are. It, it really don't. Um, the switch topic and probably get on our last topic for today I want to talk to you about what are you watching currently because there's a lot of good stuff out there. Mm. Um, and there's some things I watched recently I kind of want to discuss. I watched the, um, the Snyder Cut. I actually watched it. Mm. We, 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 we'll save that, though. We'll save that for last. But um, but what, what are you watching right now? What is what is on, on Titus TV agenda? What is on your t- guide? Like, <laughs> what, are you, what are you watching? On Titus Tube right now? <laughs> I like that. Titus Tube. <laughs> Let's go. I got to, I mean, you know, I'm a detective head, man. So I've been watching this new show called uh, Tell Me Your Secrets. That's an Amazon original. Um, dealing with this woman who um, just freshly gets out of jail because um, she was innocent in a situation dealing with a guy that she was dating who so happened to be a quote unquote um, serial killer with women. But they, like, they locked her up because, like, they thought that she had something to do with it or. Something of that magnitude, but it's called Tell Me Your Secrets because it's a lot of hidden stuff that is being uncovered, reopening the case. And one of the mothers of the daughters that he killed knows that it's something still lingering out there that is not being solved. So she hires somebody who got out of prison for harassing women to um, 
study the s- scenario like a private investigator because she wants to be in. She was like, you are a sick individual and you know the mind of a serial like of, of a rapist. Mm. And so how would you deal with this situation if you were like so she's hiring this rapist, this ex rapist to try to solve this case? Because he's he's cleaned up now. He's cleaned right. up and trying to like be a better person. But she's kind of dragging him back in his his old world, and you can see how he's kind of like deteriorating in a sense because he's getting too close to what he his old demons. And so it's kind of interesting. It's pretty interesting. It's called like I said, "Tell Me Your Secrets." I'm still on Degrassi. Like I said, I re I re I'm rewatching Degrassi. We're past Jimmy getting shot, <laughs> and so I'm on uh, season six with that. And I'm going to watch that all the way up until, like, probably season 10. Um, what else have I been on? That's probably that's probably what's been as consistent as opposed to just watching old wrestling. Uh, old wrestling is very, con- you know, that ain't going nowhere. Right. Shout out to E with WWE. <laughs> that reminds me. I have to get Peacock because, and, and this, is, this is weird. I don't know why. I guess they gave you a big enough bag, but you know that this thing going on with Peacock is only in the United States. Yeah. Everybody else is still going to be watching Watching it on the the WWE network. Yeah, I saw that too. What is up with that? That pisses me off even more. I saw that too. And I saw something about NBC trying to pull some of their movies from like certain apps, Mm. like HBO Max and stuff like that. Um, But I noticed that too, so that kind of threw me off. Can you find the Peacock app? Because I didn't look it, for it yet. I looked for it. It's not even. It's not even showing up on my junk. Really? Like I can't. There is no Peacock app on my junk, and I got a new. I got a pretty new TV. Okay. Now, I don't know if it's like I looked up on my phone as well. I couldn't find it on there. So I'm wondering, am I just having to get the NBC app? And then because yeah. and then somewhere in that app is going to show Peacock, but. I don't know. It's very confusing. Like d- WWE, NBC, whoever's in charge of this, get your shit together. It's, <laughs> it's pissing me off, and I shouldn't have to do it anyway. Right. Like if if you want to buy stuff, fine, but just make it still where I can watch it on WWE. Like just, I, I'm just not getting that. But yeah, wrestling, man. And uh, yeah, I got back into watching One Piece again yesterday, and okay. so I'm probably gonna be riding on One Piece for a while because um, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I fell off of Hunter Hunter hard. Really. Like, I don't know what's up with that, but we'll we'll save that for we'll save that for let's, let's save that for the anime episode. Cause yeah. I want to see why. Maybe I'll right. get back into it. You know how I am with animes, but right now I'm kind of in a mentality like that. Whatever y'all were talking about, you and Kareem, like uh-huh. that click. I'm there with One Piece now, okay. so it's it's about to go down. Okay. Yeah, you get <laughs> into some good stuff. It's, I'm really like on some like I'm focusing on this. All yeah. right. <laughs> so what I've been watching is, um, I mean, you talked about this too. I actually finally watched the Kong versus Godzilla movie. Mm, yeah. Which was it was it was solid. It was what you, I thought it would be, you know. Um I don't want to give away too much on the movie, but it really had me kind of like rooting for Kong too. Mm, so you were Team Kong? I told you after I saw that trailer, he had that axe and he slapped that man in the face. I was like, yo, let's go. Um even throughout the movie I think it was bits and pieces. I was like, yo, I'm I'm really rooting for Kong. Yeah, especially him and that girl. Yeah, yeah. So that was cool. I mean, and I even uh, talked about how I wanted to learn sign language. Mm. Because I'll never forget one time I was in a movie theater, so I was working at the movie theaters, and I used to get a lot of people who did sign. And I used to be like, crap, because we had certain theaters where they had subtitles, and you had to have, like, um, it was only, like, maybe, like, one theater or whatever. And they'd come up there, and they'd start signing. I'd be like, oh, man, all I know how to do is I think I'm sorry. 
and thank you. That's yeah. it. All I know is this. I love you. Yeah, see, I didn't even know. I think, I think it's like that. Um, but, like, I said I wanted to pick up sign and strengthen my Spanish and learn Japanese. Those are three that I want to do before I leave this planet. Um, but, yeah, that, that was pretty interesting. Um, like I said, we'll talk about, we'll say the Snyder Cut, the last. Uh, Snowfall been really good. Like, I love this season. I am sleeping hard on Snowfall. Man, bro. this season is really good. Everybody's like, telling me that. It's so good. And then some of the callbacks and some of the actors that you see that they bring back from other shows. Like, I know the mom was on The Wire. You know, dude who uh, played Stacy from The Woods, he on there. Um, there's a lot of different other people on there too. So I've been, I've been like loving Wednesdays when that come on. Dang, my brother loves that show. It's so good, man. Snowfall been good. Um, I've been watching this cartoon, which is funny. It's this cartoon. That's, have you ever watched the regular show? Yeah, I used to love that show. So they got a spinoff series that's on HBO Max called Close Enough. Mm. The cartoon is hilarious. Every time I watch that, I be feeling like. It relates to me. Mm. Like, you, like, go home and watch that. Watch a couple, of, like, they're on season two. So, I've been watching season two a little bit. It's, it's, it's funny. So, I've been watching that. Uh, I've been watching some old wrestling for a special that we've about to have coming up. But I've been watching some of that too as well. Mm-hmm. Um, old WrestleMania matches and just trying to get the most out of this app before I guess it goes away. Uh, that dude from Wrestling Bios, bro, he is hilarious. Tell, well, wait a minute. Let's backtrack for a second. So WWE, the 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 app is completely gonna go complete. I guess in America, so I guess God, we're not that's crazy. And you know the funny thing about it, I read something where when they transfer the stuff on Peacock, apparently it's gonna be heavy edited. They're not gonna have everything on there because they want Peacock to be family friendly. So it's it's probably gonna be like certain matches, certain episodes. It's not even gonna air on there. That's stupid because you can still walk and chew gum. Disney does that. Where it's like you still can have that stuff for like people that want to watch that. What are y'all doing? Get your shit together, dog. Exactly. So yeah, but um, but now back Man. to the wrestling bio dude. Of I love, <laughs> <laughs> I love watching his Monday Night Wars. This dude is hilarious. And then I watch a, another um, people who I kind of keep up to date. What's going on? Like Wrestle Talk. That's another good one on YouTube. And then of course I've been watching um, of course AEW NXT when I get a chance. And it was something else. Out of anime, um, Jujutsu Kaisen just finished up his season, so I'm done with that. I s- kind of started my hero since they started back up. It's been okay. Um, new, I, I started watching that uh, volleyball anime that uh, Chris was talking about, Tall Chris. Mm. It's, it's actually pretty good, and then it's another anime that's about to come out, uh, second season. Uh, Megalo Boxing about to have a second season. That looks really good because and the trailer kind of shows where – I guess he was at the fame and stuff, but then he started getting hooked on drugs. Mm. So it's like, oh, man, y'all bringing a whole nother spin on this. And, of course, One Piece. But um, I am probably looking for new anime to watch. But, like, those have probably been, like, the stuff that I've been, like, focusing on. But I do want to talk about the Snyder Cut before we go. So what do you think about it? I'm, I'm going to let you go first. I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I don't feel like I would have enjoyed it if I had to go to the theater, though. No, I wouldn't. Because of just how they did it and that. And it makes me wonder, did he extend that because of being in the pandemic? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that was the original cut. What I read was, I think, I want to say is it Josh Wheaton or whatever had ended up taking over the film because 
um, Snyder ended up having a family member that either got hospitalized or passed away. Mm. So he had to leave during production and go take care of that. Mm. And then since he left production, he didn't write it off. Whoever came back had to finish the film for what they had left over. Mm. So that was supposed to be the original cut. I don't know if it was supposed to be that long, but it, that that was the original. That's why they call it like the Snyder cut because it was, it was supposed to be the original director cut. Mm. Okay. Well, I don't feel like I would have enjoyed that being in the theater. Same. Like, Same. like they, it was perfect timing to have that where I could watch it on like a um a, a HBO, whatever it was, HBO Max. Kind of like the, um, it reminded me of when I watched The Irishman. I don't know if you ever watched that film. Mm-hmm. It's a good mafia movie if you're into mafia dramas. With um, It's the most recent one that they had with De Niro, um, Pacino, and um, Joe Pesci. And it's based off a true story. It's based off like Jimmy Hoffa or something like that. But it was long like that. It was like three and some change. And um, I don't feel like I would have enjoyed that if I didn't have the convenience of being able to stop and go. Right. But one thing I will say about this Snyder film is that unlike the Irishman where I took breaks with, took breaks with it, um, I watched this all the way through. You watched it all the way through in one day? Yeah, I watched I watched the Snyder cut all the way through because wow. once I started getting into it, and then I don't know why some of the, I don't know if it's like the simplicity of just having that thing broken down like part one, part two, part three, part four. Yeah, it reminded me of watching anime where it was just like like the the, the parts were cut up in sections like twenty to thirty minutes, and so once I started looking at it like that, I was like, I mean, I can run through a series, bro. Like I can run through a series, and so. Like, and when I equated it in that sense, and then, like I said, the convenience of being at the crib, yeah, I, wa- I watched it and went all the way through it. I did, I'm not going to lie, I did three hours one day, because when I was on PT, I was like, I'm going to give it a shot. So I did three hours one day, and I think I did, like, the last hour another day, mm. or whatever. Um, I think I did, like, how they fleshed out some of the characters a little bit more. Um, they really, like, expanded on Cyborg character from the original film. Um, I did like the take that they kind of did at the end. I still don't like Jerry Leto Joker, even in his little scene in the movie. Yeah, like, I was like, what's he doing? Like, yeah, I, I still didn't like his little monologue. I thought that shit was whack. Um, Batman cussing, whatever. I'm not going to ruin it for anybody who haven't watched it yet. I do like some of the surprise heroes that did show up, um, even though they didn't show up, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's my only gripe as well. Um, some of the heroes that they did show me, they just gave me, like, I guess giving me a preview of what can come, but I wanted them to be a part of it. And now everything about to get, like, recon, so it's like we're not even going to get that universe. But um, I don't know if it should have been four hours long, but if you – I already don't like DC live movies if it's not <laughs> Batman involved. Mm. I would never go watch Wonder Woman again. Wonder Woman 84. I would never watch that again. Probably never watch Batman versus Superman again. Um, I will be willing to watch this again, but I'll probably watch it only in parts. Like, I won't watch it like, oh, I'm going to watch it four hours again. Mm. I'll watch this. Put it like this. I'd rather watch this version than the original version. You know what they need to do? You know um, what I, I would recommend them to do, who a lot of people liked? Um, and he kind of gives me the comedic approach of like how people like Tom playing Spider-Man is they should make a flash film because um, I see a lot of the youth messing going towards that, that character, that particular character. And I feel like that would be a good, um, a good branch off 
film for them, to have a good flash film. I wouldn't mind them doing that because I like the guy that they had playing him. Um, he he gives me that same kind of like smarts, but yet young comedic approach of like I said, like a um, with Marvel with with Tom and Spider Man. So I'm curious to see how they're gonna unfold this um, this layout for their films to come. Well, Flash is actually the next person who pulls out a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing is, I know that Cyborg was supposed to have a uh, a pretty important part in that movie, and the guy who's playing Cyborg don't want to be um, anywhere involved with it because he felt like the directors and the producers was really toxic. It was mm-hmm. a, a toxic environment. So, but yeah, but that's actually the next besides the Batman film that we getting with my man who played uh, the vampire um, Robert Pattinson. There you go. Mm-hmm. Besides that, the Flash was like the next movie, like you said, how they did the Flash. He was the Spider-Man within that whole realm and that universe. Mm-hmm. And I even, if you watch the Flash TV series, he shows up with the one on there too. Like it's like two different Flashes from two different universes, mm. which I think is cool. Is that still going that. on? It is. I actually watched that recent episode. I'm like behind on it. I was like, I'm going to give it a go. I watched a recent episode. It was actually pretty interesting. I was like, oh, I might need to go back and actually like watch it. I think I'm going to do that. That may be a mission for me is to, because I liked the original. I, I liked watching that show. I just stopped watching it. Same. I think I stopped after like season three or four. It was just like, okay, I just stopped watching. Same with Arrow. I was like, I just stopped watching. I know yeah, I'm, they, not, I'm not messing with Arrow, though. <laughs> <laughs> I know they stopped with Arrow, but, and I know I think I was trying to watch Black Lightning to support uh, Black Lightning, but I read something, you know, uh, I think her name is, is it China? The, the girl who played one of the daughters. She quit. She left. Yeah, she did. Yeah. But I seen her. You seen her, what she said on TikTok, like mm-hmm. how, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah. It's so not surprising, though. It's not. It's it's kind of crazy how Hollywood is, though. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, man, but that is currently what I'm watching, though, man. So, um, maybe I'll watch WrestleMania next week. Who knows? Maybe you'll watch WrestleMania. Who knows? All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been another great episode, guys. This is As of Late. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to As of Late Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Spotify. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to As of Late Podcast on both of those. You can also listen to As of Late Podcast on Anchor.fm and Google Podcasts.